You're listening to the Sourced Property Podcast. Hello and welcome to another Sourced Property Podcast. My name is Chris Kirkwood and today I have two people who are going to be co-hosting this podcast with me. I have John Wilson and Sam Clayton. So let me introduce them and they can tell you a little bit about what they do for Sourced. So good afternoon, gents. And hello, John. And if you want to tell us a little bit about yourself. Afternoon, of course. My name is John Wilson. I work with our investors on the source capital side of the business. I'm our investor relations director. Thanks, John. And Sam Clayton, over to you. Yeah, so my name is Sam Clayton. I work on the franchise side of the business. My job is the franchise manager. So I will go through the initial stages with the potential franchisees to check if they're right for the business and then move them over to the stage of getting money through property. So the office upstairs today is quite empty because we're all down here recording a podcast. Now, the podcast today is called What People Have to Do to Become a Borrower. So this has got both sides of our business. It's got the capital side, the source capital side, and it's got the source franchise side involved in that process. Because to fill you in, and and just in case you're not aware, in order to become a borrower from source capital, you need to be one of our franchisees. The only people that can borrow money from source capital are our franchisees. So what do people need to do in order to qualify for that funding to help fund their processes, to help fund their projects in order to get their projects completed? So let's go to you first, Sam, if that's okay, because you're involved with people before they're franchisees and bringing them on to being franchisees. So tell us a little bit about that process that people need to go through. Yeah, so we've got an initial process. You'll have a a call with either myself or my colleague Faz, who will go through the business model in brief detail, explain the different arms and the ways of you making money through property, find out a little bit about yourself initially, You know whether you're in property, whether you're not in property, because we've got some people within the network that are brand new to property, not done anything within the property industry before, want to get into it. And then we've got people with over 35 years experience. So it's important that we get that, we go through that initial phase with you to check where you're at, and then the next process is that you will fill an application form in. You'll send it over to, to us. And then if you're successful, you'll go through to the presentation. So, so the- Sam, let me just ask you a question there, because you've yeah. said that you can get people that are, are experienced or are not experienced. So do you have a preference as to whether you're going to take somebody on that isn't experienced or can you still take on somebody that's got absolutely no experience in property whatsoever, as well as taking on people that have got 10, 15, 20 years experience? Yeah, well, obviously, for us as a business, you know, we work on the basis that we make money if you make money. So, you know, initially, it is a benefit if you are in property, it it benefits us as a business. It means that when you come on board, the the training that we give you, you have a bit of a better understanding. But we do have a lot of people that come in as well with, with no property experience. And that's why we've got the 73 training days throughout the year. So if you haven't got the experience within property, you're going to need to do a lot more training than you would if you obviously are experiencing property. So you've got people that will come on board and want to do specific strategies. They might want to utilize the funding. They might want to utilize our investor database. And then you've got some that will come in completely raw to property wanting to to do a bit of both. So there's a lot going on for people that have got no property experience at all. So let's flip that question around to the other side. And if somebody has got 20 years worth of property experience, why would they come on and, and be a franchisee with Sourced if they have this wealth of experience? What's the benefit to them? So there's multiple reasons in all honesty. First and foremost, they get access to the funding. 
Uh, and the important thing there is we know their capabilities. So we know what, what, you know, what they've done in the past, where they're currently at. They've been through the initial induction, which is compulsory, so they must attend that. So that's where it benefits the franchisee. It can speed up that process of getting deals funded. As we know in the marketplace, it can be very difficult to go and get deals funded. So that's that's where it, it benefits an experienced franchisee. Secondly, they get then access to the network, which is currently over 140 franchisees. So what that allows them to do then is JV potentially with a, a less experienced franchisee. And it speeds up the process of them getting the, the relevant contacts, whether that be you know, an architect, an accountant, whatever that may be within the network. So we've got people with all different skill sets come from different backgrounds. And that's where, you know, it, it speeds up the processing in all honesty for somebody that's experienced in property. But it also accelerates their growth and they get access to the funding. And we can do, obviously, a lot more borrowing. And you mentioned the selection process at the very beginning. And I think that selection process starts with that application form. So the number of people that fill in that application form and want to become a sourced franchisee, how many do you actually take on board? What what are the sort of numbers and how does that selection process work? Yeah, so, you know, roughly we get around 12 applications a week and we'll take on less than one of them. So it is a case of we need to basically go through a full due diligence process with that particular individual, make sure that they are right for us and we can help them essentially as well. It's not just about them coming on board and, and us giving them the tools. We've got to make sure and manage their expectations at that beginning stage to, to what they're wanting to get out of source to make sure that we can help them and guide them through that process. So once they've come on board, once they've gone through that selection process, they are the, the lucky one out of 12 or whatever that specific number is. What then happens once they've signed up? First of all, they'll come on board. We'll get send them out the welcome pack. So the welcome pack's got lots of training videos within that. It gives them access to the CRM system. So importantly, the, the CRM system's got the deal calculator, it's got the legal documents, it's got basically the day-to-day tasks that they're going to be doing, and the leads that go in, everything gets put into that CRM system. So what's important in that time scale before they come on the initial induction is that they you know, have a full understanding. So we don't really want you to come on the induction with absolutely no knowledge whatsoever of how we operate as a business, how to upload deals, etc. We want you to already be putting deals on the system and some of the training videos that we send out are, are dummy tests that you need to do with the deal calculator and then you'll get put put with your support person so we have now five support people within the network including chris kirkwood and their job role is to go through the deals in full detail help and, and make sure they're maximizing the profit structuring the deal but support you and manage your your goals so you typically have a 12-month goal and they'll make sure they keep you on track with that so you will then get passed over to your support person and your support person then will guide you on the next process. So moving over to becoming a franchisee, and that's where it comes into uh, the area that I'm more involved in because I'm the franchise director. I look after the support team. I look after the franchisees once they have become franchisees. So let me take it from here. So Sam mentioned the deal calculator and the CRM. The deal calculator and the CRM are both bespoke products to source. They are, they are both st- things that we have developed in order to help our franchisees through the process of buying or making money out of property. Now, Sam's absolutely right. We give you access to these things before you come on board as a franchisee because the day one of training, we are going to test whether you've watched those videos, whether you've done that home education to be able to use those things straight away because the induction is over three days. Day one, we start using them. Day two, we start looking for property and you will find property that you could potentially make money out of in the first couple of days. That's all done on the induction training. Now, Sam mentioned there's over another 73 days worth of training throughout the year 
all on different strategies. So we've got new build training, commercial conversions training, service accommodation, HMO, lots of different training strategies. And you can choose what you want to jump on or jump off, which days you want to attend or not. It's completely up to you after the, in the initial induction. Now, the point of that is that it helps you grow as your property experience grows. Because when you first come on board, the likelihood of you being able to find a new build development of 20 houses and you being able to deliver that is quite low because you've got no experience in property. So what we're, what we're doing is we're allowing you to build up your experience, build up your knowledge in order to then be able to deliver on these bigger projects, but by starting off with smaller projects, say flips and refurbs, and then a commercial conversion and then going on to new build. And that's the way that our training is structured, but it's fully customizable. You get to choose exactly what you want to do. Training is only part of it when you're a franchisee, though, because then we have the support team. And the support team are there to make sure that everything that you've learned in training is then put into practice. So you are implementing your training and you're making good decisions. Because as we're going to find out in a little while, we're going to talk about due diligence when we move over to the source capital side. Being accurate with your numbers is the most important thing. Being pessimistic, being optimistic, it's not the right strategy to take. You need to be accurate with your numbers because that increases your chances of a deal getting funded and going through. But it also means that you've got a realistic expectation of the profit margin that you're going to make at the back end as well. So the support team are there to make sure that you're doing the work, you're, you're looking at properties, you're looking at properties the right way. They'll help you assess the properties. And then they'll help you put, take that property and hand it over to Source Capital. So at this point, John Wilson, we're going to come over to you a little bit more when we're talking about the Source Capital side of things. So a franchisee has been through the process with Sam. They've come on board. They've been through the process with the support team and with the training team where we're, we're giving them the education. And then we're making sure that that education is implemented. And they found a property. They've got it. They've got that property that's going to make that margin. They've worked through it with the support team. They've done their due diligence. What now? This is where we calm down a little bit. This is where we take a step back. We relax. We assess the deal. In terms of looking at the numbers, you've already mentioned it a few times, looking at the size and scale of that project. That's one of the parts of the due diligence. It's looking at how accurate those numbers are. Because even though we're, we're clustered sourced with the same business, in theory, over two separate companies, we have to have an element of independency when we're looking at these deals. We need to review them as a completely independent financial service, really. We need to make sure that we're borrowing against the right deal, even though it's one of our franchisees who potentially we may let down by not funding the deal. We want to make sure it's structured correctly for ourselves as a platform, for the borrower on one hand, and also the investor on the other. So we go through quite a uh, rigorous full process really first of all we'll look at the application that has been created by uh, the borrower who's looking to uh, fund the deal that they're looking for again the deals that they're looking for are always property developments where there's an increase in value to that property itself so the application form will come through that usually is a pretty basic understanding of that deal in terms of looking at the uh, location looking at the property itself what the strategy is with the property, looking at the exit of that property. That's a very basic understanding of what we will first look at in the deal to make sure it can fit in within the criteria from source capital. Following that, we'll go through the full due diligence process. We would have a funding meeting 
that would go into the details of the project, specifically uh, looking at is the deal a viable option for our investors? Make sure there's enough security in there. Make sure that the, the safety margins are high enough. Make sure the loan term's realistic. Looking at the exit of the uh, development, is that the right strategy? Is it effectively going to work as a deal from our investors? One of the things that you've mentioned there is a bit, a little bit jargony for people that aren't used to, you know, making these kind of applications. What do you mean by security? So we we look at a few things when it comes to security as an overall banner, really. So the first thing that we would look at is uh, the golden rule of the lending criteria within source capital is the maximum loan to value. So how much of the funds are being raised? against the GDV, so the end value of that property, once converted, built, renovated, whatever that development is, it needs to be at a maximum 70% loan to value to GDV. That's the first thing we look at. So there's inbuilt safety within that. There's 30% margin from what the valuation is, which we'll delve into in a few minutes time when we look at further due diligence after the offering principle. Uh, but once we've got the GDV, we need to have enough safety within that, whether that be through borrower's equity or whether it just be built in profit through the deal. And when you're talking about up to the 70% GDV, how is that up to 70% money secured? So it's through a first legal charge. So the first legal charge covers uh, investment capital plus also the interest that will be accruing throughout the project. Okay, so they've made the application form. You've got that understanding. You've done your due diligence to check that the numbers are accurate. What then happens? Let's say that Source Capital then go back to the franchisee and say, yep, I agree with all your numbers. This is exactly the right kind of deal for your level of experience. This is exactly what you're looking for. What does Source Capital then do? So at that stage, that'll be an offering principle effectively for the borrower. There'll then need to be further levels of due diligence right the way through. There'll need to be independent valuations to secure the accurate numbers that have been provided by the franchisee. Again, we want to ensure that everything meets the level for a source capital loan and for our investors. So and let me just jump in there with, the, with the, the support team, because that's an important point, right? Because a lot of people, when they're doing this kind of property development stuff uh, or, or refurbishment or whatever it is on their own, they're doing their own due diligence. And then they might go immediately out to, to a valuer who completely disagrees with their, their level of due diligence because they might have been too optimistic. They might have missed some of the things that need to be included in the costs they haven't included in the costs. And when they've gone out and paid, you know, a thousand, two thousand pounds in order to get that valuation, at that point, they find out that it doesn't work. But they're already out of pocket. The point of the training, the point of the support and the point of source capital, double checking all of those numbers is that we wouldn't ask a franchisee to go out there and get those valuations done unless we agreed with the numbers that they've produced and we were confident and we, we backed their project um, just like they do to get that valuation done. So we've got a couple of layers of checking to be done and double checking to be done by uh, Source Capital before any money is paid out by the franchisee. So giving them that extra security that they're not just going to throw their money away. Yeah, perfect. A very, very valid point. And especially when it comes to this crossover between how much a franchise team is assessing the deal as well as source capital, it just helps bolster that deal in terms of what our investors are looking for and knowing that there's been the right level of and quality of due diligence that's been created. But once everything's been passed and we're now comfortable and happy to borrow against that deal, what happens is the project's uploaded to our source capital platform then it's 
open and available for all investors on the source capital database to have an opportunity to invest into that loan. We would create a 10 to 15 page document, which is full transparency about the deal, which would include all the bits I've mentioned so far, including the borrower's experience, uh, what the exit strategy is, what the actual development is itself, all of the breakdown of figures and how those figures are going to be utilized. So any investor that's looking to invest has got a clear understanding of exactly what that project is. And then at that point, let's say that the project gets funded and the project then starts. So at that point, the project has started. What does Source Capital then do to make sure that that project goes ahead as planned? From a Source Capital point of view, and it'd be great to know more about what the franchise team look for throughout. But from a Source Capital point of view, the funds throughout the project are released on drawdown. So for anyone who doesn't understand what drawdown is, it's a release of funds periodically throughout the project on works completed for that project thus far. So with Source Capital, that's the way the loan would work. All of the funds are raised up front and then periodically distributed to the uh, developer throughout for works completed. So every time a developer requests a drawdown of funds, that needs to be backed by a monitoring surveyor who's been to site, who's completely independent from Source Capital and independent from the borrower themselves, the developer, to ensure that the work is completed up to a satisfactory level, to look at the uh, amount of expenditure thus far, to make sure that the project is on time and budget schedules, to make sure that we know that the project's progressing exactly the way it should do. Those reports are released then to our investors. Again, with source capital and source capital investment, there's complete transparency across the board. We want to show investors exactly what's happening on an independent view. We're not adjusting the, the report that comes through and interpreting that in a way that we want to see it or investors want to see it. It's the actual report that's been given. That's done independently and, and obviously incredibly important to get those funds released all the way through that project. From a, from a franchise point of view, from the other side of the business, what we do is that, that franchisee still has a support person and that support person should be checking in with that franchisee on a regular basis to make sure that there's nothing else that we can do to, to help that deal go forward. For instance, if they need help um, selling some of the units, you know, we can, we can jump in, we can suggest ways that they can potentially drive more sales to get those units sold. If there's something else in the project that they want some costs uh, looking at, if they want any help throughout that process, then we've got the support team that are there that can jump in, that can offer support all the way through their project. So they're not on their own all the way through their project. So going through that project, let's uh, again, we, we're doing this very quickly, but let's assume that project's all gone well, the money's been released all the way through, everything's gone swimmingly, and they've got to the end and they've sold that project. What then happens once that, when that money is repaid? There's two ways, really. So if you're looking at a single unit development, let's say if that's a refurbishment of a property or a new build development, what would happen is that capital would be released on a repayment to our investors in one lump sum. That would be of the capital that's been invested and also the interest that's accrued up until the point of repayment within that long term. Secondly to that, if it is multiple units, it's often that the units will sell independently. Therefore, there'll be multiple repayments. Again, up until the point of that repayment, that's where the interest is uh, accrued up until. And that'll be repaid into the sourced capital account. That's on your wallet, which is an e-wallet within the source capital platform. The only exception to that, which we'll delve into a little bit, is if you're investing through a SIP or a SAS. To be completely HMRC transparent and clear, 
and in regulations, the funds would be released directly back through to the SAS trustee. And that goes directly to the bank account. Currently so far, because of all the layers of due diligence that we put before a project, the checks throughout the project, whether it be from the franchise team or source capital team, we currently have a 100% repayment rate. That's of the interest that's been accrued and obviously of the capital that's been invested. So as you can hear, this whole process is its a very tried and tested process. It's one that we're very familiar with. It involves se- several parts of the, of the business. However, you know, each person has their individual process to go through. And if you want to have access to that funding, if you want to have access to all the training and support from the source franchise point of view, then you've got somebody holding your hand and guiding you through that all the way. It's never something that you have to do on your own. So one of the things that John just mentioned was investing with your SaaS. We've actually got a webinar on the 25th of June, which is called uh, Using Other People's SaaS to Fund Your Property. And if you're not familiar, SaaS is a type of pension that you can hold. There's a link in the description. If you want to be invited to that webinar, if you want to find out a little bit more because you're interested in pensions or because you're interested in just investing in property or getting your property projects funded, then have a look in the description, get the link, click on that link, go and register for that webinar. But as a brief, as a general sort of overview of the entire process of what what you need to do and the help and support that we give you all the way through that process of becoming a borrower with Sourced, then I hope this webinar has has shed some light on that for you. If you've got any questions, please get in touch in the usual way. But otherwise, thank you very much for spending that time with us and we'll speak to you soon. Thank you for listening to the Sourced Property Podcast. 